I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Randy Robinson, good to have you here this week. And, uh, you know, we have a bit of a situation in this country. My camera's a little bit off. We made some changes here. So uh, I'll have to shift in the frame. Does that, is that right? I'm asking my tech guy. Hey, this is what happens when you're, when you're live. But um, we have a situation in our country right now with... Uh, <laughs> We don't even know who we are. We don't even know if a man is a woman or a woman is a man. I mean, it's pretty obvious if you ask me, but yeah. we have a real crisis. Uh, and today's guest, he is going to uh, walk you through some of what God looks at in men, how God defines manhood. And this is a message that, man, it just couldn't be any more relevant uh, than to our culture today. So I'm excited to have the men's pastor from Covenant Church, great church over here in the Dallas area. James DeMello is with me. Uh, he has a book that I want to show you, and we'll explain what this means. It's called Andrizo Man. I have no idea what that means, so you're going to learn uh, with me today. James, great to have you on Life Today Live. Yeah. All right, and there goes his mic. We've been talking for the last 15 minutes, and your mic just clipped out as soon as we go live. Um, let him get his mic. This is, this is fun. There we go. Okay. Right. It's great to be on, Randy. Can you hear me good? Yep, you're good now. All right, so All right. start before we get into a lot of the interesting things with, with your life. What is an Andrizo, man? So Andrizo is a Greek word that Paul used in, when he was sending the, his letters to Corinth. And Paul borrowed it from a Hebrew war cry for manhood called Kazakh. And so he used the Greek word andrizo. It means to act like a man, to play the man, hmm. to, uh, to be a man. And, uh, and so he was dealing with immaturity in the church in Corinth. The, ch the church of Corinth was going through a lot of issues. There was a lot of immorality uh, happening in the church and uh, a lot of just, just immaturity. Men that didn't know how to be men hmm. uh, because of the culture they grew in, similar to what we have today. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned and uh and so he he used this powerful word uh he said basically man up andrizo up the word is andrizo my the whole greek word andrizo my and it became kind of the mantra it became the the war cry to manhood in our church and um it's become the name of my book uh because it draws in it people ask all the time it's on my license plate yeah. people say um what does it mean? And I said, it means to act like a man. And then they asked me, well, what does that mean? And I said, well, we have a, uh, we have a real deficit of that today. What, how men are supposed to act. And so it gets into great conversations. And so that's the power of the word. It is a powerful word. And, and it's over 400 times in the old Testament in the Hebrew version of it. Hmm. Uh, all the great men that we, we, we love David, Jonathan, Joshua, Caleb, all of them, Moses, they all used that word in Hebrew uh, that Paul borrowed from to speak to the Greek. Your mic keeps clipping. We, we lost your mic again. 
So I don't know what you're doing on your end to, to fix that. Uh, here, here's a, a question, though. I, I, when we get the audio back, fun times, people. Um, you, James, have a very interesting background. Uh, and I've seen some of the photos. You, you ran with some people that uh, I, I have known in the past, and, and they're a very colorful crew. I still don't hear you. Okay. okay. There you go. There you go. How's that? Yep. Yeah. Clip that again. I'm going to take this out. Could you hear me better? Yeah, a little echoey, yeah, but at least I can hear you. Okay. Um, yeah, I, you know, I travel with the power team. Is that's what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. Uh, that's how I got started in ministry. Because, you know, I came, I came from the bodybuilding world. And so um, I was competing in the, at the high level of bodybuilding. And uh, in the early 80s, uh, I won Teenage America in 1983 um, and was propelled to uh, to the professional level. I was shooting for the professional level. I was competing in the nationals, which was the, the original Miss America. <laughs> Can you still hear me? You're yeah, shaking yeah, your yeah. head. No, I, I'm shaking my head because I, how big were your arms right here back then? Oh, my gosh. I think I got them up to 21 inches. <laughs> In, in my peak. Um, but, you know, I started competing uh, at a high level. I started working at Gold's Gym in Venice Beach, which was the mecca of bodybuilding at the times where Arnold was discovered or brought to America and trained at Gold's Gym in Venice. Lou Ferrigno, all the guys that were my heroes growing up, all trained in the gym that I trained at and I managed the front desk. Um, so I'm training at the you know, the, the mecca of bodybuilding. I'm the young upcoming bodybuilder to, that everybody was talking about. Joe Weider plastered me on his magazines and covers. And, and I, I'd say to guys today, I said, that would have been like a high school football player being put on Sports Illustrated. It was way too much for me to handle. <laughs> um, I had a lot of talent. I was gifted genetically. Um, and I trained since I was 15 years old. I was very dedicated to it, but I, um, I didn't have the character is what I teach men today. Talent may get you there, but only character can keep you there. Mm. And, and it's a lot like we see all athletes with great talent, you know, they implode because of the pressure and because of the, this fame and the fortune and all that. And that was how that happened to me. Um, I, I was on covers of magazines, no getting, fan mails by the duffel bags from around the world, um, you know, built this physique that everybody wanted to put on covers and wanted to, you know, uh, take pictures of, and, and that can get to a young man's head pretty quick. And, um, and that was part of the testimony that I was sharing with you earlier that your dad interviewed me in 1986 about is because I imploded and I walked away. I lost my marriage over it. My early marriage, I, I was, I was, I went through a, a real depression time and yet I was on the top of my sport and, um, and I walked away from it all because I had an encounter with Christ. Hmm. I had known Christ as a kid, but I never, I was, I say this, I was raised in church, but I was never raised in Christ. I didn't know him personally, but one night in desperation in absolute brokenness, I fell on my knees in Venice beach. Uh, and ask the Lord to come in my heart in a real way and to make me a champion for him that I was tired of being a champion for the world. Mm. 
And around that time, God sent me the most tailor-made ministry that could have been given to me because I felt like a misfit in church. I'm this bodybuilder with 21-inch arms and, and 21-inch calves and all these crazy, you know, lifting uh, uh, records that I had. And, and I'm trying to find my way in ministry. Um, no one in my, in my, my family were in ministry. Uh, I think the closest to it was I had an aunt that was a nun. <laughs> um, so Catholicism was what I grew up learning, um, but I didn't have a relationship. And so uh, this church in Louisiana, where I grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana, had an upcoming funny evangelist named Jesse Duplantis. <laughs> yeah. And Jesse rocked my world. He, uh, he was funny. He was relatable. He, he gave me a hunger for a relationship with Christ. And I started my growth there. And then the power team came through town. And when they met me, uh, you know, John Jacob and the team met me. It was a perfect fit. I, I traveled with them for a little while. And then I went on with a different team uh, a couple of years later called Strike Force and Keith Kraft, mm -hmm. who introduced me to my wife today of 33 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I owe a lot to Keith. And uh, we're still good friends to this day. He was the real, probably the strongest mentor, mentor that I ever had at that time. And I really needed that structure. Yeah. I love structure. I love discipline. And yeah. he was the guy that did it and really trans transitioned that whole world. So here, here's, <laughs> yeah, no, and that's, I, yeah, I love it. And I was telling James, for those of you watching, I actually traveled with the power team when I got out of college back in the early nineties. So we, we could probably go on with stories about that kind of stuff. And Keith Kraft, he's been on the program many times. Great guy. Um, but here's my question, because this is what really matters. Because you you came out of you know the bodybuilding, where the the physical is emphasized um, and the successful in your field. I mean, this is this is what I think a lot of people have in the past thought of as this is manhood i mean look at this guy he's buff he's right. big he's aggressive it's, it's a little old school now but when you came to christ what did you start have what did you have to unlearn about manhood and then learn about godly manhood well i hope you can hear me yeah could you hear me yeah, Good. A little overdriven but go ahead <laughs> i uh what i learned you know I say this a lot, you know, when I was chasing after the dream and chasing after the, the, the accolades of sports and all of that and the cars and the fame, um, it was, it was unfulfilling. It was absolutely unfulfilling. And any athlete that tells you it's not, they're, they're lying. Hmm. And I discovered that the real thing about life was making a difference, impacting others, hmm you know, leaving the, this world better than you found it. And, and I, be, I was mentored. Ed Cole, Keith Kraft, men like that really poured their life into me and showed me manhood, mm. showed me how to be a father, how to be a husband, um, how to be, you know, a man. And I didn't. Lost your mic again, James. He's going to have to pull it. You have to yeah. go with the uh, uh, onboard echoey. Go ahead. Yeah, that's that. My parents were Brazilians, and um, so I, I come from a Brazilian immigrant family, born and raised here in America. But um, my dad wasn't a great model at home. 
And so, you know, I, I didn't have that model and I needed that. And God started sending men into my life hmm. that had the manhood uh, thing to the to the T. Ed Cole was, was amazing in my life. And his son, Paul Cole, today is in my life. And it's just a blessing. And, um, and so I, I, I inspire to do that to men today. I'm now 60 and I'm going to be in a few months. And, um, and I'm thinking, you know, it's, this was right around when I met Ed Cole. So here I am now, you know, uh, in a sage stages of my life. And a lot of young men who look up to me and I pour into them. I'm always coaching men. Uh, around the world and um, and speaking into their life because I know that that made a difference to me because yeah. I had no clue yeah. what it meant to be a real man. I had the world's image of it. Right. And, right. I think, and, and that's, yeah. that's what I want to get to because so in Andrizo yeah. Man, you lay out what God's definition of a man should be. Yeah. Walk me yes. through a couple of key points there. So when Paul wrote that letter to, to Corinth in 1 Corinthians 16, 13 and 14 is where you get the word. 13 is where you get the word Andrizo. He gave five virtues uh, in those two scriptures that he, he taught the men there. When he told them to act like men, of course, he had to show them what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So he basically took the virtues of Christ and started to speak to them. So the five virtues, I like to call them the five magnificence, you know, the, the magnificent seven, the movie, this is the magnificent, magnificent five. And, um, the first one was, uh, circumspection and what, why, why circumspection? Because it, it also talks about in the Bible that we are to walk circumspectively in Ephesians, right? That we're to walk, uh, with, with diligence, with, with carefulness, with awareness, so Paul goes and he says, be vigilant. That's another translation of the word in Greek, Gregorio, is be vigilant, be alert, be watchful. Hmm. And so t- to me, one of the first things it takes to be a man is to be watchful of what God has put on in your care. Hmm. You know, I wasn't watchful. I wasn't uh, vigilant of my first marriage. I wasn't watchful of my wife's heart. And I wasn't watchful of my heart, where, where we know, you know, Proverbs tells us to guard our heart. I didn't know how to do that. And so because of that, I imploded because of that, you know, I failed. Uh, But when men become watchful, when men become alert and they start being a a watchful over their marriage, watchful over their kids, watchful over their work, you know, John uh, Stephen Mansfield wrote a book called Manly Men. And he talks about being men who are, who tend to their vineyards. And that's what, what this is about. Gregorio there in the Greek means to be a person who is responsible for the vineyard that God has given them. Mm-hmm. And so the first virtue I tell men is be circumspective. Be a man who has a 360 view of their life, their children, their own heart, which, which and there's so much to go into that. You know, if you think about it, that's what Adam felt in yeah. the first, first man ever created. Yeah. He, he, he failed in this very virtue. He wasn't watchful over Eve. He wasn't watchful over the garden. He let the enemy come in and deceive. And uh, so watchfulness. Secondly, I tell men, be men of conviction, deep conviction. Uh, the, the Bible uses the word faith in 1 Corinthians 16, but the word faith is the word pistis there. It also means to have a conviction. Matter of fact, the Message Bible translates it as conviction. 
And I like conviction because, you know, beliefs people argue about all the time. Beliefs. I believe this, I believe that. But a conviction is something you die for. Hmm. You know, conviction is something that Echo used to say is not preference. It grows, it doesn't grow weaker under pressure. Conviction grows stronger under pressure. Hmm. And so I tell men, what is your conviction? What what are what do you really believe? What is this what is the foundation of your faith? Because you're gonna have to really understand that and grow that and mature that with the word and with you know relationships of men of faith and um because if not then you're going to be wishy-washy you're going to be you know uh straddling the fence you're going to be um a man that is what the bible said says is un, is a polluted well proverbs calls it yeah. a man who's faulty you know in his faith is like a polluted well and his leadership is marred. So I tell men, if you want to be strong leaders, you need to you need to have a core, you know, uh, values that you live by, and you can, and there's a conviction about it. Can I ask then, you a question about that? Yeah. Because we see sure. a lot of core values and convictions in the world right now that are very contrary to Scripture. Exactly. How critical is it that that our convictions align with God's ideas? Totally. It's, it's absolute. You, you have to have your convictions based on the word. Mm-hmm. Um, you, and you're absolutely right. I had convictions before of as a bodybuilder, but it wasn't the convictions of God. Um, I, I was, I was, in, I was hurting my body. Mm-hmm. You know, I was training it using steroids, stuff like that. I was convicted. I had convictions that steroids worked for me, but they were not good for me. They were hurting me. They were damaging me. And so you're right. The convictions that that needs to be based on is God's convictions, God's, you know, virtues and 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 principles. Another word for convictions is what is your principles you live by? Is is it based on God's um, principles? And so I, I help men understand that because men have been confused <laughs> about that. And so I say, okay, let's look at what God calls a man. And then I show them faithfulness, yeah. you know, yeah. um, charity, um, you know, uh, uh, protection, all that stuff. These are convictions. Let me so, ask, so, I, I want to ask you about that, too, because uh, a lot of people, um, they have their idea, you know, the whole toxic masculinity thing, which there's oh, yeah. some, there's some oh, truth God. in there, I think, because yeah. we've accepted the world's idea of what a man should be. But you're things you're you're talking about this is a this is a different look uh, at at manhood or or when you speak to men especially new christians or non-christians are they oftentimes Mm -hmm. surprised that you're like wait a minute that's what god says a man should be yes (laughs) when i do these when i do conferences and i do i do our, our retreats you know we have men come from all over so they come from all walks of life from all types of you know careers and it's amazing to watch the light bulb go off <laughs> yeah. in their in their head. You know, like, oh my God, I, that's what a man does. And I say, yes, that's what a man does. And that's how a man acts. And that's how a man responds to this and that. So, you know, you're right. Toxic masculinity is, is you know, so much today. You see it everywhere. I mean, they're even, I was reading an article recently. They would, they have a whole class on that in um in a in a college a well-known college and i'm thinking toxic masculinity is not the problem it's 
it, you need healthy masculinity. Let me, let me clarify that. Toxic masculinity is a problem, mm -hmm. but it's not getting rid of masculinity because masculinity is what you need yeah. to be a courageous man. Yeah. And so if we get rid of masculinity, then we get, we, we have wimps. We have men that are not going to have the spine. They're not going to make changes that are, that are important. Um, and so I tell them it's healthy masculinity. It's not throwing it out completely because you can't get a, a bad man doesn't, doesn't stop doing bad things because you take away his masculinity. He's going to still do bad things. I think he's going to do worse things. A, a bad man starts doing good things when you start teaching them the right masculinity. Yeah. Jesus was masculine. Yeah. You know, he was powerful. He was incredible. He, he stood up to the religious uh, men of his day who, who were false religion is what I call it. And he stood up to them. Yet he cared and he was kind mm. and, he lo and he was loving, right? Um, that's to me the model. You know, I, I love I love Ed Cole used to say this: to be a man. Because men ask me, give me one statement to be a man. I said Christ likeness, because manhood and Christ likeness is synonymous. There you go. That was Ed Cole's statement all the time. You can't be a man without being like Christ. Yeah. He was the ultimate man example to us. Yeah, yeah. And he he was a man of you know, circumspection. He was a man of conviction. He was a man of the next one is courage. Uh, we need courage, man. Do we need courage today? We need courage. We need pastors who stand up and say the truth and not worry about, you know, losing their popularity or losing their, you know, their social media status. <laughs> Men that will say, here's the truth and say it in love as we're told, right, to do. But this is the truth. And and so courage is, you know, I love this quote, Randy. It, it's, it's a quote that I often say, and it's, you know, a man without courage is like a knife without an edge. You, you, don't, you, you don't have what it takes to get the job done. You need courage. Mm -hmm. And courage and faith are intera interactive. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, whenever they talked about faith, they, talked, they called it courage. And so it's, it's, a, it's, it's the same thing when you, when you have faith, you're going to, you're going to need courage to call to, to, you know, to get it uh, in motion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so men don't have courage right now. I, I, I deal with men all the time. I'm saying, why are you giving up on this? Why are you giving up on your dream or why are you giving up on entrepreneurship or your marriage or whatever? Um, and it's because they're like, I just don't know if I can do it. <laughs> and, and, and so, one of the things I help men is affirmation is a big deal with men, a big deal. And if they didn't have a father affirming them, I didn't hear my dad say out he was proud of me until I was 45 years old, Randy. Wow. 45 years old. Wow. And if God hadn't sent men like Keith Kraft and, and, and Pastor Mike Hayes and, and, and even your dad, hmm. your dad was so encouraging to me in my young days in, in Mexico City when we were doing that crusade together. And I experienced my first miracle like supernatural miracle with your dad in uh, Mexico city. And, uh, I didn't know what to do. I just started crying. Mm -hmm. I started crying because I, I was, I felt so unworthy. I didn't, I couldn't believe God used me. I couldn't believe I was traveling with one of the greatest evangelists that ever lived your dad. And he was a powerhouse. And so here I am with this giant of a man and your dad's encouraging me. <laughs> he's saying, man, James, you know, he's basically telling me you have what it takes. Yeah. And that's, 
every young man's heart cries for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do I have what it takes? Yeah. Let me, let me, so, um, can they ask you a question real quick? This is a yeah. question for all the ladies out there watching. The, the, the Andrizo man, the godly, the Christ-like man. Yeah. Um, what does this do for the women? Because, oh, right? Gosh, I mean, I, I, think, I think the average woman looks at the average man in America today in secular culture and thinks, uh, you know. I, I, That's a great question. <laughs> in fact, I think I sell as many books to women, uh, Andrizo man, that I do to men. Because I tell them, if you're single and you want to know what kind of man to look for, yeah. here's a book yeah. that will help you identify that man. Because the Andrizo man is going to be a man who takes care of business. Mm. They take care of home. Mm. They take care of you as a woman. They, they value that. They value responsibility, which is a huge need right now, responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so, um, they, the, so it's, it's a better man. You want an Andrizo man. You don't want anything else. You want an Andrizo man because that man is going to, he's going to lay down his life as Christ laid down his life for the church. He's going to lay down his life for you. And I help men understand that, you know, for years I say, I'll lay down my life for my wife. I'll take a bullet for her. I'll jump in front of a, you know, a speeding train, but that's not what women want. Women want, Hey honey, would you go to the grocery store with me? Would you go shopping with me? That's when I had to learn to lay down my life. As, <laughs> as Eddie Poe used to tell me, I had to lay down my life and things I didn't really enjoy doing, but she did. And it was important to her. Well, those things came with me understanding um, the importance of what I call TNT, tough but tender men. Mm. And um, tough and tender. You, 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 Jesus was tough and he was also tender. Mm -hmm. he, he, he had a kindness about him, which I had to learn, Randy. I, 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 I'm always been very, uh, you know, aggressive in sports, aggressive as as a, a entrepreneur early on. I was in the power team where we broke things, right? Yeah. That's as aggressive as you can get. But I had to learn to be tender because I raised all girls. I had three girls <laughs> and that'll tenderize you quick. And of course, my awesome, my wife, incredible. Uh, my wife was, you know, raised in a leave it to beaver home, <laughs> Christian all her life. I was raised in a non, I was raised in the Adams family. That's what I call <laughs> it. And so I had, I had to be a husband that, um, that she needed, you know? And so the Andrizo life, which is what we call it is, uh, is about that. You want that. So to answer your question, yep. you want an Andrizo man, women out there listening. Yeah. And so what more could a man strive for than yeah. a Christ-like person that women are interested in? I mean, win, win. If you ask me, I want to show people a couple of things real quick. This is uh, jamesdemello.com. You can find out more about the ministry there. And this is andrizoman.com as well. And I want you to tell people real quickly about the resources you have available, but also about the camps that you do. Yeah, so we do a, a three-level camp um, here in North Texas. And they're also we also have hubs around the nation. But um, it's called uh, The Return because I discovered that every restoration in the Bible always begins with a return to the father, hmm. the prodigal son being the most famous story. He returned to the father and he began his restoration. So God gave me that as a blueprint to the hearts of men. 
to help them return to that relationship that Adam lost, which was a, an intimate relationship with the father on a daily basis. So we teach three days of intensives. We go deep into the heart of men. We heal things that need be healing. We inspire purpose because men without purpose, that's how they get in trouble. You know, I, I say this often, David in the Bible didn't have a, 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 a lust problem as much as he had a purpose problem. Mm -hmm. He lost his purpose and was in the wrong location. Mm -hmm. And I tell men, a lot of you that are men, you know, men right now are bound up with, with pornography is at all time high, you know, unfaithfulness, all that stuff. And I help them get purpose on these events. And so we do that. We have a thing called the awakening, which is in a warrior stage. Once you have this relationship vertical with the father, I work on the horizontal purpose of your life. And that's called the awakening. It's a three day intensive as well. And then the mantle. The mantle is how to be a prophet, priest, and king of your home and your work um, and wherever God places you, college, how to be the prophet, priest, and king. What does that mantle look like? Mantles are here to grab. They're not here. They're not going to go to heaven. They don't, they don't use them in heaven. We use them here on earth. Mm. So I teach men what a mantle is, their gifting, and how to develop that. So those are three levels that we do. I tell men, give me a year and I'll transform your life. You'll never be the same or your money goes back to you. And we've never had it in 10 years. Any men come back and say, I want my money back because it's life transformation. And you can find out the dates. Uh, they book up pretty fast. We only take 12 guys, two sets of them, 24 guys at a time. I like to keep it the way Jesus did it with 12 guys and stay intimate with them and um, build, we build a band of brothers with them. We call them Bobs. Um, and they're all over the country uh, through Zoom, through many other ways to keep men together because men need brotherhood. Mm -hmm. And the one I'm really proud of is the heroes return. We started having a lot of soldiers come through, Randy, a lot of PTS issues, mm -hmm. uh, first responders. I was a policeman in Louisiana for a short time. I know the pressure. And so, um, we started having men come through that I realized needed a little bit more, uh, than what we were giving them. So we called it the hero's return. It's very similar to the regular one, but we focus on first responders of all type, policemen, firemen, EMTs, all of that. And we deal with PTS. Um, and it's been amazing, uh, what has happened there, which is now open prisons. I'm going into the first prison to do the first three day intensive in a prison in Bonham, Texas, wow. uh, which is exciting in June. And so we're going into prisons. I think this is the first time I've heard of any program like ours in a prison. And um, they've been reading my book for years. They want me to come in and do it now. It's, it's, it's been incredible. That's so that's great. one way uh, to get us, you know, to get connected with me. That sounds great. That's, uh, you know, God created us male and female. And I love the scripture where Amen. Paul says, act like a man, you know, and that's yeah, a great, great call, job. right? But, but so what, yeah. what is a man? Well, uh, yeah. it's God, you know, the scripture unpacks it. Uh, Christ exemplified it. And if you need a little help, James DeMello uh, delves into it. And in his book, Andrew's Old Man, available wherever you get books. James, man, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your ministry, uh, standing up for godly manhood because when we, when we got you, bad man. men 
and and you want to take away the man part of it, you're just left with bad. But if you got bad men and you take away the bad part of it and you put good in there, which is God, well, you still have manhood, but you have the kind that, that is beneficial, the kind that we should strive for, that people will appreciate. So I love your message. Thank you, sir. I appreciate right. your time. You're welcome, Randy. And that was absolutely true, what you just said. Thank you for being that kind of man. You're an Andrizo man. All right. I, I hope so. Only God can make us that way. appreciate you guys watching. Hit share, like, follow, uh, subscribe, and come back. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. You're about to ask big. I'm believing God for favor in my life. Above all that I can ask.